Welcome to What I Wish I Knew by Dental Head Start, your weekly mentoring session thanks to cpdjunkie.com.au. This episode, we've got something that I think has kept a lot of us up at night. Um, it's something that we're a little bit fearful, especially when we're early on in our endodontics, and that's instrument fracture. Bridget, has that kept you up before? Um, I'm sad to admit that it, it definitely has. I remember in my probably first two months of working, I had a, a rotary file fracture. I, I found that talking to indemnity and talking to other colleagues really helped me to get through that. But it's something that I think that a lot of us are sometimes afraid to even admit. Has it happened to you? It has happened to me as well. And I feel very similar. It often happens early in our career and it can really put a cloud over endodontics and Mm -hmm. our confidence. And it's something that um, there are some things that we can do uh, to help us avoid it. But it is something that is a risk. Did it all work out well for you in the end? Yeah, it did. I mean, I was somewhat lucky that the patient was going back overseas after to complete the rest of their treatment. So I haven't actually heard anything from them after it was all said and done and they saw the specialist. Uh, so I would say that's a good outcome. Um, but it, did, <laughs> it did definitely take me a while to build back that confidence with my endodontic work. Yeah, yeah, that's like that's like a different form of geographic success. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this episode, we've got someone that I think we all know. It's Dr. Omar Ikram, and he runs the Specialist Endo Crow's Nest Facebook page. I've been learning for, from that since I was a student, and so has Bridget. Let's hear what Omar has to say about instrument fracture. Instrument fracture is something that can be that can occur easily. Basically, um, going through the sequence, but not thinking about where where the file is binding or the anatomy of what you're treating, and this is a really important uh, factor of instrument fracture, and also just the general case. Like, for example, they're treating a lower molar, uh, lower seven, or something. The patient can barely open their mouth. You're not going to be able to get the files in at the right angle. You're going to have to use different uh, techniques to make sure you're more clear than, for example, a central incisor, which is the patient's got a good opening and uh, you can get this file straight in, straight down the canal and, and, and to the apex really easily. So, I mean, preventing instrument fracture is, for me, it's about a whole lot of things. Like um, that was just one example, but attending hands-on courses is the, is the first one. And then just realizing that uh, everyone suffers from instrument fracture at some time in their career and it shouldn't dissuade you from doing endodontics. Like that's, a, that's the first thing. It's like uh, I've, I've chatted to lots of people and then varying degrees of um, discussion about this. But to be honest with you, I think all endodontists were dentists at one stage. We all had mishaps and we all had difficulties. But we, what, what made us perhaps different to, to people who don't like endo or don't, did it, didn't do endo or maybe don't do it, you know, as they get more experience in dentistry, they, they pass that on, is basically that we didn't, uh, we persevered. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we, we weren't talented necessarily in endodontics. <laughs> we just stuck at it longer than, and, and we got back on that horse. And we were thrown from the horse, we got back on. We were thrown from the horse, we got back on. But that's pretty much the same with all life is that if you persevere with something, you'll get okay at it. I mean, maybe you don't become a brilliant at it, but you'll get okay at it after a while. You'll, you know, that's really what you've got to do. So I, I persevered with it and, uh, you know, we had instrument fractures and stuff, but we learned. And we learned from your mistakes is another one. I mean, you can learn success as a poor teacher. <laughs> you go home and think everything went perfectly. You don't sit there and go, oh, what should I do different? You, you go home and think everything went badly. The first thing you think is like, how can I do things differently? And um, 
what I find is like, so attending hands-on courses is one, but the other one is uh, use of instruments in the right way. So, so explain that a bit more. Yeah. So what are we what are we thinking about and what are we doing wrong? Yeah. So so the problem with a lot of our instrumentation systems is they kind of lock you into like a, a system. And back in the day when I started using rotaries, there was um, systems that were pretty much all encompassing. I mean, profile has every file in the book basically, um, but that's too difficult to teach that. And then you move on to pro taper and. There's a lot of things that come up with these systems is it locks you into a sequence, which maybe isn't appropriate for that case. And so what you've got to do is think size and taper, not sequence of instruments that somebody told me to use them in that sequence. So I had like, so for example, an, an interesting, um, a couple of years ago, a dentist contacted me and said, I was treating a lower central incisor. Um, narrow root, obviously, as they have. Um, I put X1 to the apex, brushed it out, and then I went for X2, and it couldn't. Uh, I spent like half an hour trying to get the X2 down. Isn't that what happens? Uh, you know, don't you just go X1, X2? Isn't that what it, what you use? The, the answer is actually not really, because uh, with a narrow root, 2506 uh, for X2 file is quite wide coronally, and so you, if you if you just see that, you could use the X1 file to the apex and brush it out and then you could use like a narrower file like maybe a 2504 or i mean nowadays nowadays we have uh, instruments like true anatomy and stuff like that it's very small and that you could use that for the whole case but just uh, an example of uh, a file system used in the in the in not the right case it was and then the dentist said oh it took me half an hour i was worried about the file fracturing and if, it, it, to be honest if you're worried about the file fracture in a case like that you're probably stressing the dentine of that tooth too much and that's the other thing that I was going to get onto is like the instrumentation system should fit the anatomy that you're treating. So if you see an S curve, then um, it's very difficult to use something like ProTaper next in an S curve root. Um, but true anatomy is brilliant for it. On the other hand, if you have a wide root, true anatomy is no, no use because it's, it's only a 3603 taper. So think taper and tip size. Uh, when I say 3603, that's the largest file at the moment that they, that they have in that system. Um, there is possibly more coming, but um, think think along the lines of this tooth has a narrow, long anatomy. Maybe I use the true anatomy. Uh, that will put less stress on the file. <laughs> that will then create less chance of instrument fracture and put less stress on the tooth. Um, you know, we, we, we hear all these papers of micros, fractures, and the dentine and things, and I'm sure that's, the, that's part of it is that we're stressing dentine to try and get files to the apex because we were told that that file was the finishing file. Um, actually, it's a lot of it's just looking at the case and, and planning. This is probably some of the treatment planning aspect of, of what I was trying to, um, what I should have mentioned probably during the treatment planning aspect. This is like looking at the case and going, okay, what's the anatomy? Is it long and narrow? Is it wide? What system would be most fit this anatomy? To do root canal treatment, if you want to do lots of cases, I mean, if you want basic cases, you can use one system. Yeah. Uh, simple subsystem and you refer the rest you've got to in your practice i think you have to look at things and say where's where what am i going to do in endodontics am i going to do every case well you'll need like two maybe three systems am i going to do the the simple cases you probably need one one system and refer the rest and just take that as your that's what i've set out to do in my practice and and if that's the way that you you have set out then that's what you should do in your practice um, don't don't sort of think you'll tackle every case with you know these reciprocating systems that have three files. I mean that's just going to be impossible. And MV two, um, you can easily strip these cases and you know long narrow canals. 
But uh, if you're treating simple cases, you can use these simple systems. No, it makes a lot of sense. So, so one of the key things I think I'm getting from this is that people are forgetting about the taper of their file and, and then they're using too much uh, the pressure or, or a wide taper, getting binding higher up and getting the shear fracture of the file. Is that, is that right? Yeah, they're getting the, uh, the cyclic fatigue. Um, so it's the pulling and, and, and stretching of the file during preparation, uh, the binding, I guess. And the funny thing is that uh, as you narrow the file uh, taper, you can see what amazing stuff you can do very quickly in, in one or two instruments. Like this is the case with True Anatomy. Uh, I've been mm-hmm. road testing this for about six months. And all of a sudden, as you narrow that taper, so it's not locking on the canal walls as much uh, because you haven't got that greater 6% taper. Mm. All of a sudden, you realize that you're flying down to the apex of these like very curved canals yeah. in, two, yeah. in two files, like a glider and then a 2604 a yeah. variable yeah. taper. And all of a sudden, you go, wow, it's just incredible. We've got instruments to, that can do that. But at the start, you're just doing the basic cases. So that's what I mean by road testing. I'm starting to put it through its paces a bit and, and touch wood, no, no, no issues yet. So um, I highly recommended it. Sound, sounds quite interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to actually trying that. I just want to take a moment to thank our sponsor and ask a question. But how do you make the most out of your CPD? I think the first step is to make sure you've chosen the right CPD and how do you know that unless you've seen it all? cpdjunkie.com.au is made so that all of the dental CPD in Australia and New Zealand is in the one place. We've got all of the webinars, all of the live courses coming up on the website, easy to find and easy to filter. And the second step, well, it's all in the free ebook on their website, cpdjunkie.com.au, the home of Australian dental CPD. Thank you for supporting dental students and graduates and thank you for supporting the Dental Head Start podcast. When we're thinking about getting tip fractures, um, so this is not cyclic fatigue, what's happening there and what are we doing wrong? So torsional failure is that, that, that favorite way to break instruments when you're a new, <laughs> new user. We've all had this. We stab <laughs> at the That's why canal. I ask. <laughs> <laughs> the Gates Glidden sort of technique that we use and from dental school, that memory that we have of stabbing canals um, <laughs> instead of kind of opening canals. Or actually when you, when you actually um, use rotary or even reciprocating to some degree, uh, you, should, you should actually be preparing with the lateral aspect of the of the file, not the tip, but we have this feeling of gates glidden and stabbing canals when we graduate and we stab at a few canals and, and you end up with that, what we call, uh, what I, I call the lock and key. It's like you go down to the level at which the, the canal is now the same size as the file. It binds and the tap, tip snip, tip snaps off. Yeah. That's just called torsion. Um, the reciprocating instruments will reduce this. In fact, almost eliminate this. Uh, it's quite difficult to get a, a, a torsional failure with a with a reciprocating instrument because before it goes in a full circle, it reverses back. So if you are going to get torsional failure, then I recommend reciprocating instruments. And I, I use reciprocating instruments when I when I feel that you know the file is going to have to be pushed down the canal, like maybe the patient's not opening wide enough and things like that. Um, so that that's what it is. It's binding in the tip and, and then the, the instrument rotating, torsional failure. Uh, cyclic fatigue is the is the one we spoke about before with the uh, pulling and pushing and and general stretching of the file. Um, again, uh, avoiding instrument fracture. Other other things that are useful, obviously, glide path. This will reduce the torsion. If you think about, it, if you make the canal wider, of course, the tip isn't bind as much. That's all a glide path is doing is actually making the canal wider. So now the canal binds laterally, not at the tip. Uh, so you've got less 
chance of fracture of the tip, uh, torsion, and uh, you obviously reduce the cyclic forces a bit as well because you widen that root canal. Uh, the the one that obviously these glider files I find very useful. Um, for that because uh, you've probably seen seen my posts about this on facebook and, and, and instagram but they're basically um if if you use hand files and this is again part of the uh the things i, I post about if you have a hand file sequence 10 15 20 these are this is a, a constant tapered system mm. right so 1002 it doesn't become an 03 or an 04 where you want it to be because it's 1002 all the way up the instrument same with uh, 1502 and 2002. But the difference between uh, a 1002 and a 1502 is actually 50% more metal. And the difference between a 15 and a 20 is actually 33% more metal. And therefore, 33% more stiffness and, and 50% more stiffness between a 10 and a 15. So, like, you get to the apex with a 10 happy days and then you put the 15 in and it takes you another half an hour. So this is where the <laughs> glider files really break that down. Because these glider files, you know, they're, what are they, 1602 uh, variable tapered files. And this is where I, this is where I, um, look, I, I use uh, constant taper files uh, sometimes, but you've got to remember when you use constant taper files, whether that be hand files, rotary or whatever, that you will get uh, jumps because they're constrained by the whole numbers that you make the file out of. Like, you don't just change where you want it. Whereas something like uh, a variable tapered system you'll have, it's like a jigsaw puzzle. It's like you make a piece to fit another piece to fit another piece to fit another piece. It's like made uh, in a way that fits everything. And that's the idea of these variable taper systems. So the canal, you make the canal wider in the areas that will allow it to be wider for the next file. And then that's made again for the next file. Uh, so this is the beauty of variable taper, in my opinion, and why you can use less instruments to prepare root canals with variable tapered files than you can with constant taper. Um, Having said that, variable tape is obviously not for for every case, and 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 you have to be wary of because the reason why variable tape may confuse people is that they can't do the maths quickly in their head and work out what the size of the file is at different points, and also they get locked into this idea of names, not tip, tip size and taper, or the first three millimeters, but what's it doing at like D twelve? Uh, so you really need to. I think it's really important for everyone to just work out if they're using a variable taper system what the size of the instrument is at different points and that's just a useful uh, thing to know it doesn't have to be exact just in your head just be able to work it out quickly where it is at and i think this is another um, factor in instrument fracture is not knowing what you're doing you're following a recipe you're not hmm. following your um Understanding your understanding, yeah. yeah, your concept, yeah, and it's very important. Like people say, "What's twenty oh six? Is that big or not?" It's like, well, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's big depending on the case. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That depends on the tooth. Yeah, so that yeah, exactly. Then you, it, I just did this lecture a few years ago called um, the art art of endodontics, and and because I got sick of people telling me that twenty five oh eight was too small apically. <laughs> 2508 is like it's huge at the top 33 <laughs> one millimeter back yeah you know exactly. and blah 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 at the top it's very big you know yeah. so yeah. i got sick of this so i wrote an article and i and i it was one christmas when i was uh, sitting in sydney because uh i wasn't traveling that year and 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 literally um i did this lecture based on that article and the, the picture was of uh, the border of the Mona Lisa 
uh, not the not the woman in the in the in the, <laughs> in the Mona Lisa painting. Uh, yeah. And it and it's it basically was like, okay, so what do you do with this picture that you've been given to finish? Do you finish the painting? How do you finish that painting? Because when we start root canal treatment, we don't get, choose the tooth. We don't choose the anatomy. That's done. That's the that's the border of what we're doing. So do you finish this in a way that's like this? And I had a picture of Picasso's woman with her eyes all funny and it doesn't look right. Obviously, it's like, <laughs> do you make a total aberration of the anatomy that you've been given because you just have that file system? Because that's all you've got. Yeah, yeah or yeah. you've just yeah. learned that on a course and you have to do that recipe. That's what you know. I was told um, by this person. Or do you? Or do you sit there and think, okay, I've been given this ba- this this um, background of this painting, and I'll let it, I'll let what I do flow and um, be along the same color scheme, the same lines, the same yeah. uh, the same concept of what I've been given, and that's exactly what we need to do when you do root canal treatment. Look at the case and say, let's run with what we've got. Mm. If it's long and curved and narrow. True anatomy is the system that I use. Uh, you can use Vortex Blue. You can use other systems, whatever you yep. work. I'm not going to tell you to use one specific system. You, you can use what works best in your hands, but think of narrower systems, obviously. Narrow long canals, narrower systems. Wider canals, well, you can use reciprocating wider systems. Uh, they're, 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 they're easier to treat. I mean, but then, you know, there's all sorts of uh, situations where you would – Use one file system or another. It's not. Uh, it's not being prescriptive about the file systems that you use. You have to just be a little bit more think. La- be thinking laterally. Yeah. So it's understanding the concepts, thinking about the size of the tooth, and then having a file system or your techniques match that, and not just following a recipe. Yeah. And then with the with tip fractures, of course, having a glide path that suits and not putting too much pressure I guess they're fantastic tips and I really appreciate all of that um, as always you pack it in and there's a lot more on your uh, social media specialist endo crow's nest thank you again Dr. Omarikum no problem thanks a lot thank you so much for listening to the Dental Head Start podcast I genuinely hope this is helping you become a better dentist So if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your podcast player and I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to social media and share something that you've appreciated from us with one of your friends. That's how the word gets out. That's how more people gain and benefit from what we're doing. And if you're a dental student or a graduate and you want to get a head start, go to dentalheadstart.com to find everything we're doing to help dental students become great dentists.